Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Happy Sunday. Hey, we got a treat for you. The eve before New Year's, we have an exclusive interview with the 45th president of the United States, of course, Donald Trump, trying to become the 47th president of the United States. We had a big conversation this week. I want you to listen to it. Enjoy the next half hour of conversation, exclusive interview with Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash just news. That's AMAC.us forward slash just news. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet 
and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. We have an amazing show planned for everyone. Over the course of the last few months, I've had the privilege of interviewing several of the top GOP presidential candidates. Tonight, you're going to get to see all of them, starting with former President Donald Trump. Uh, then we're going to talk to Vivek Ramaswamy, the businessman, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, North Dakota Governor Ron Burgum, and of course, former UN Ambassador and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. That's how we're going to kick off tonight. You're going to hear their policies, some common themes about what they have for the country. And we're going to start off in Mar-a-Lago with a recent interview I did with Amy. Rebecca Weber with President Trump. Mr. President, thank yes. you again for being with us today. I want to talk about the border, something very concerning to AMAC members and right. Americans. Uh, some reports by agents and reporters are telling us that over 200,000 illegal aliens crossed the board border last month alone. Now, during your presidency, you took unprecedented action, declaring it a national emergency. You built 500 miles of a wall. What additional steps will you take as a second term, in a second term, to secure the border and prevent what we're seeing? So I had a lot of things. Number one, we built a tremendous amount of wall and we got Mexico. When I say Mexico to pay, they paid much more. Mexico paid for a lot of it in the sense that we got 28,000 soldiers from Mexico free of charge. Now, wasn't that easy? I told them, if you don't do it, we're going to have to tear off all your products coming into the United States. And they said, we would love to do it. <laughs> but they gave us 28,000 soldiers. That was a big thing. We had the safest border in history. We also ended the catch and release in the United States. We had catch and release, but it was into Mexico. Uh, catch and release is a disaster where they catch somebody. It can be a convicted horror show. And we release them and they say, come back in five years for a trial. Nobody ever comes back. So we ended that. We ended. We had a stay in Mexico policy that nobody thought we could get. And uh, we just had a more than anything else. We built over. We built 561. They said 450, but it's 561 miles of wall. We were going to add another 200. I said we're going to do 400. We did 561. We're going to add another two. And this is fighting McConnell and Paul Rhino. Okay, I got to fight. Rhino and I had to fight McConnell and uh, probably just as hard as I had to fight Nancy Pelosi in many ways. It was terrible. But we took it out of the military. The military has been great because I considered it an invasion into our country. And we built all of that while we were ready to do another 200 miles. It was all bought. You saw the steel. It's all over the place. Now I heard they were selling it for 10 cents on the dollar. And it's perfect. You know, it's exactly what the Border Patrol. I went to the Border Patrol. I thought we'd have concrete plank, 40 or 50 or 60 feet high, like on a parking garage, concrete plank. They said, sir, it's no good. It doesn't work because you have to be able to see through it. We need steel, we, you know, as opposed to concrete. We actually need both. And we designed a wall that they wanted. Speci- I didn't want to have any excuses. So it's steel, concrete and rebar. And on top, we had an anti-climb thing a piece of steel, which is anti-climb. And we had mountain climbers come in and try and climb. And we actually had people that deal with drugs come in and try and climb it. And it was the hardest one to do. It was was great. So we built it. And then we had a terrible, terrible thing happen in the election. 
We were going to add 200 miles. It was all bought. It would have taken three weeks to put up. And instead of three weeks to put up, they actually took it away. And some, some of it has been just stolen, gone. And you can imagine uh, the best wall you can buy, the most expensive stuff you can buy. And uh, it's been uh, stolen in a lot of cases. And it's been taken away. So they now say we're going to build 20 miles. The problem with 20 miles, it's nothing. 20 miles is nothing. There are certain areas, uh, the reason I'm, I added 200 is because when you did the 561 miles, all of a sudden, you know, it's like water. All of a sudden, there are other places that didn't have a problem, but now all of a sudden they have a problem. So we're going to have that done in a period of three weeks. Everything was built. Everything was done. The hard part was done. All we had to do is place it. And that was getting ready to be done. And then we had that ridiculous result in the election. And it just sat there. And now I hear they sold a lot of it for a very small amount of money. Now they say we're going to build it. But they're only going to build 20 miles, and they probably won't even build that. These contractors must have made a fortune. They'll get more money for not building the wall. They say, what do you mean? I mean, I know the contractor world. They'll say, what do you mean? We spent all this money to get it ready. We need much more money not to build it than to build it. That's what they do. And I guarantee there's nobody in Biden's group that's negotiating. I hear they made a fortune. And it's too bad. We would have had 750 miles of wall. But we have five. We have a we have a tremendous amount. We built a lot. And that's what gave us the safety. And also Mexico was great. You know, the president of Mexico, really, uh, he's a socialist, but you can't have everything. And we got along great. He's a fantastic man. And uh, he gave us 28,000 soldiers and we had the best border. And now you have the worst border, I think, in history. Sir, you talked about negotiating from a position of strength, which you've done your yeah. whole career. You have to. Republicans are going to, after they get through the speaker battle, they're going to have to get a budget deal in place. What advice would you give them to get something like on the border, get something on spending cuts? What advice do you have for them? So I like Kevin a lot, but I disagreed with him so much on two things. Debt ceiling, mm-hmm. most of all, and this recent border, the, the recent, uh, and it is sort of a border disaster because they should have had that and they didn't have that they taken did, care of. They could have had it. But the recent budget uh, disaster. And I said, Kevin, this is the president's situation. This isn't you. Whoever's, I don't mean Biden, because Biden, I don't even think he knows what's going on. I think this is the president's, whoever president is, yes. it's not yours. And Kevin works so hard. And in all fairness, in one sense, you have to respect it. In another sense, I thought it was not the right thing to do. Let them solve their problems. Yeah. And I really thought we'd have a close-up, and after the close-up, we'd negotiate a great deal. But you didn't have that. Kevin wanted to keep it open, and he said, we will not let our country close. I said, Kevin, I think it's wonderful what you're saying, but this is really whoever president is, this is the president's problem, not your problem. And you would have been, you said, negotiate from strength. You would have been negotiating from strength. And all of a sudden, they announced out of the wind, they announced that they have a deal. And I won't soon forget the picture of Chuck Schumer jumping up and down, high-fiving everybody, because it was a big victory for them. They solved the problem for Biden. And I don't mind doing that if we get something good for the country. I want to do that. Look, you know, I said it the other day to somebody that was shocked. I wish Biden were doing a great job, even though that would be very hard politically, as opposed to the worst job. He's the worst president in history, the most corrupt president in history. A most incompetent president by far. There's no, he can't even get off a stage, can't put two sentences together. But I wish he was doing a phenomenal job, even if it meant that, you know, most likely you wouldn't be elected or whatever. But he's doing the worst job in the history of our country. You talk about the border, you talk about anything, talk about Afghanistan. There's never been a more embarrassing period of time 
in our country's history than what took place in Afghanistan. And there was no reason for that. You don't take the military out first. And, uh, you know, it's so sad to see. But I would have much preferred. Uh, Kevin is, is a very good man. And he did something very, he meant to do well. But nothing was gained by, you know, they gave an extension. But nothing was gotten for either Republicans or for, frankly, the country by doing that. And I think people were ready to really start negotiating and negotiating hard. And they thought it would close for a period of time. It closes. The big one was the debt ceiling, though. We could have gotten everything. We could have, we could have solved the problems of this country with debt ceiling. And instead, Mitch McConnell, who's one of the worst Republicans in history, he is so bad. He's so bad. He's so, you can't say he's stupid, but essentially he uses campaign financing to get senators on his side. Okay, so I don't know. Do you call that leadership? I don't know. But what he's done is so horrible. So they got debt ceiling transferred into my administration. Thank you very much. And we could have gotten everything with debt ceiling. That was bigger, much bigger than when we're talking about the budget, much bigger. That was budget times 20. And that was blown these are the worst negotiators I've ever seen. I've never seen negotiators like this. They get nothing. And I told Kevin, I said, if you do this, I believe you're going to lose your speakership. And in all fairness to him, he wanted to do what he thought was the right thing. And I personally think he played right into the Democrats' hands. But he lost his speakership over it. That's amazing. Mr. President, currently Social Security is on track to be insolvent in 2033, which means that seniors would see a 23% cut in their benefits. Yeah. So as president, what action might you take to help preserve and protect Social Security? We have a country that's potentially very rich. It's very poor right now because we're very stupid. If you look at Saudi Arabia, some of the oil-producing nations, they're the richest nations. We have more oil than they do. Oil and gas. We have more than anybody. We have, if you look at the top of those big oil wells, you see those big fire flames. That's stuff that we're throwing away. That's gas. We're throwing it away. We're burning it. We have it free. We have more than any other nation. And then we had Anwar that I got approved that Ronald Reagan couldn't get approved. Nobody could get it approved. The biggest in the world, as big as Saudi Arabia, maybe a big, maybe bigger in Alaska. And Biden threw it away. I got it done. I was so happy with that. Nobody said it could be. Nobody thought it could be done. I got it done. Think of it probably bigger than Saudi Arabia. And we, the bottom line, we have more than any other country in the world. And we started off in third place. And by the time I finished, we were in first place by a lot. And we were going to be energy dominant. We were energy. I tell you, we were totally independent on energy. Right. We didn't need anybody's energy. We didn't have to give them arms or armies or we didn't have to guard anybody. We didn't have to keep gulfs open. Yeah. We were totally set, and we were going, I would say within six months, we would have been dominant. We were going to supply the oil and gas for Europe, little things like that. We were going to supply it for everybody. We had so much, and we had the best extraction. We had the best of everything. And we would have made so much money that Social Security and other things would have been able to be taken care of. If you look at the balance sheet of Saudi Arabia and some of these countries, and you say, do you have debt? They look at you, they don't know what the word debt means. What do you mean debt? When they buy 200 Boeing 777s, I once said, how do you finance that? How do you? They looked at me like, finance? We have more than anybody. 
And we were going to be dominant to a level that nobody's ever seen before. We were going to make so much money and we were going to start paying down debt and we were going to take care of Social Security. The one thing I won't I won't stand for people paying more. You know, Ron DeSanctimonious wants to raise everybody's Social Security. He wants to raise the minimum age to 70 and he wants to screw around with Medicare. You can't do that because there are so many other ways of doing it. But with energy, we have more than anybody else. And all of this fake energy that they talk about, the Green New Deal stuff, the Green New Deal is the destruction of our country. That's what every time you hear that, think about the destruction of our country. You know, wind is about 50 times more expensive per kilowatt hour. There's many ways of measuring it. But the bottom line, it's much, much uh, more expensive. If you take a natural gas, which is very clean, uh, and if you look at it at three cents, you could look at wind at about 50 cents. That's where you are. And that's like unacceptable. And, you know, Germany tried. They tried. Angela was she tried two big experiments, let two million people into our country. That didn't work out too well. And the other one was she wanted to go all green. So they closed all the coal plants and they stopped even their nuclear plants. And they went green for a little while and they were going to go out of business in about two minutes. And now they're building coal plants all over the place. China is building a coal plant every four days. And here we are talking about uh, nonsense that doesn't have the power or the technology to fire up our big factories and plants. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very expensive. So uh, it's going to go away. Uh, We have more of, uh, you know, when you talk about cars, they want to go all electric. But we have gasoline. We have more gasoline than anybody's ever had. And yet they don't want to make gasoline cars. They want to make all electric cars. And I was in Michigan a week ago. I met with the United Auto Market Workers, and these are unbelievable people. We were packed. You saw thousands and thousands of people. It was supposed to be a little small meeting, talking to some of the leadership. And now I see they're going exactly with what I'm saying. I said, your problem isn't what you're getting per hour. You're not going to have a job in two years because every electric vehicle is going to be made in China or someplace else, but not here, but mostly China. I said, so your problem, don't worry about how much they're paying you an hour. Worry about where you're going to be working in two years because you're not going to be making automobiles. And I noticed that now is their theme. So I did a good job. (laughs) But I think we're going to get, I don't know if we're going to get union support at the top, but I guarantee almost every auto worker is going to be voting for Trump because we're going to reinvigorate our automobile business. And we're going to have electric cars, but we're going to have gasoline-fueled cars. We're going to have gasoline. We're going to have... Hybrids, we're going to have everything. They want to take our trucks and make them all electric. But the problem is they don't work. The batteries are too big. You can't store them. They're not strong enough. It's not strong enough. And they can't go far enough. Same thing as a car. An electric car can't go far enough. Maybe someday they will. But right now they can't. And they cost very, they cost a lot of money. So I had great meetings with the auto workers. And I think we're going to win Michigan. And I think we're going to bring back tremendous numbers of jobs if I'm elected. If Biden's elected... You're not going to have any automobile manufacturing business. It's gone. And I don't know Sean Fain. I don't know. I never met him. But I will tell you, uh, he's doing a tremendous disservice to his people by not endorsing Trump. Now, he hasn't endorsed Biden, but for 700 years, they've been endorsing a Democrat. That's all they endorse is a Democrat. But this Democrat and this, this group of radical left lunatics... They're going to put the automobile business. It's gone. So is the trucking business. So is everything gone. 
Uh, we're not going to manufacture trucks here anymore. We're not going to manufacture anything. They even want to turn our army tanks into electric, even though they don't work properly and they don't go far enough. And nobody knows where they store the batteries. You know, the batteries are massive. Yeah, they are. What, maybe they'll build something on the back of it to carry. These, the batteries are bigger than the tank. Yeah. But they yeah. want to make army tanks that are all electric. Yeah. These people are crazy, John. These people are crazy. Think of it. They want an all-electric tank. So you can take this tank into a hostile area and bomb the hell out of everyone, shoot the hell, knock everything down. But you're doing it in an environmentally friendly way. No fumes. There's yeah, no fumes. Yeah, there's no fumes yeah. We're doing the problem is it won't go far yeah. and you can't charge it. Can't so stop or recharge. These people, the these people are this such crazy people. They're destroying our country. All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Next up, UN former UN uh, Ambassador Nikki Haley. Take a listen. Joining us right now, former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley. Adam Ambassador, great to have you here today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the launch of your uh, campaign. A lot of buzz about it. Some really big ideas already coming out of the campaign, starting with the idea it's time to review our foreign aid, realign it with our values. How's the reaction been today? You know, it started in the United Nations after we had the vote of moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem and the United States was heavily condemned. I went back to my staff and I said, I want you to put a book together. I want you to list all 193 countries 
The second column should be the percentage of times they vote with us and against us. And the third column should be how much foreign aid we give them. And I took that book and I gave it to President Trump and he lost his mind. He's flipping pages, <laughs> calling out countries. And I said that what I'm trying to tell you is it's not that we give aid based on a percentage vote. But we need to be smart about how we give aid. We gave $46 billion in foreign aid last year. We're giving money, assuming we can buy friends. You can't buy friends. Stop giving money to countries that say death to America. We gave it to Iraq, where they sit there and hold hands with the Iranian terrorists that are saying that. Pakistan, that used to harbor terrorists that would kill our soldiers. Communist China, communist Cuba. Zimbabwe, the most anti-American country at the United Nations. Why are we doing that? Let's focus on our friends and our allies and stop giving money to countries just because it's a weak look that we do it. Think about what that says to China, that mm -hmm. we're giving them money for their environment. Right. It's ludicrous. As president, I'll stop all of that. And it seems to be that in those instances, there are no goals. There's no end point. And so I wanted to ask you about, you know, you've, you've been very supportive of our involvement in Ukraine. And for a lot of people, they look at that and they say, why are we spending money there? And the Biden administration has had a very hard time defining what that goal is. What's the victory there? What do you what do you think the victory looks like? It's not a war for Ukraine. It's a war about freedom. And it's a war we have to win. I don't think we need to send money to Ukraine. I don't think we need to send troops to Ukraine. I think we need to work with our allies to give them the ammunition and equipment to win. If we win this war in Ukraine, it sends a message to Russia, China, Iran, and every enemy that wants to hurt the West and kill freedom. If we lose this, then we need to believe dictators and take them at their word. Russia has said Poland and the Baltics are next. It would go into a world war. We're trying to prevent war. So what we need to do now is make sure we give Ukraine everything they need to win. And when they do that, that's when freedom will win again. And you have a confidence that we can do that. We can arm the Ukrainians and they can pull this off. You, I think you're a little skeptical when Janet Yellen goes over and says, we're going to do all the nation building for you, too. That's not in your baby. No, right? you don't want to get into nation building. What you want to make sure, and it's a lot, look at what the Ukrainians are doing on, on their own. I mean, mm -hmm. Russia has fallen so far when they're getting drones from Iran and missiles from North Korea. They've raised the draft age to 65. Hundreds of thousands of Russians have left that country. Putin knows he's starting to lose. What I wish is Biden would have acted sooner. That was the mm -hmm. key. And this all started with Obama when he did nothing when they moved into Crimea in the first place. A strong America prevents wars. And you do that with a strong military. You do it by having the backs of your friends. And you do it by adding more alliances with you and getting other countries to help as well. That's right. Okay, speaking of military action, Mexico, our southern border, that's the tip of the spear. But we have seen this growing surge of fentanyl coming across our border. Last year, it was nearly 14,000 pounds, and now it's just barely March, and we are almost at that level. Like I said, Mexico is the tip of the spear, but it comes from China. Do you support military action to for the war on fentanyl? Well, I think, first of all, you made the right point. It's coming from China. We need to start making China pay for what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing and why they're sending it over. And the way you do that is you secure the border. Let's secure the border. Let's go back to remain in Mexico. Let's stop catch and release. But let's go a step further. Do what we did in South Carolina. We passed an Arizona-style E-Verify program that said, 
anyone that any business that hired someone, they had to be legal. And if they didn't, they were punished. Let's stop giving illegal immigrants jobs. Let's stop giving illegal immigrants money. And let's start focusing on our own citizens. That's when they'll stop coming. They stopped coming to South Carolina because they knew they couldn't get a job. Right. They'll stop trying to cross the border when they know they can no longer get money or a job. Mm. Take away the incentive, take away the bad behavior. That's, That's the right. structure. Several. It always works in politics and policy. Um, I want to talk a little bit about China a little bit more. It is clearly the dominant threat of the future. Uh, we, we Republicans like you have been in the leadership on this for a long time. But more recently, we're seeing Democrats, maybe because Nancy Pelosi's thumb is off the scale, joining Republicans saying, we agree with you. There's a problem here. China proofing this economy is going to be a big task. How would you go about doing that? Well, I think you first acknowledge that China is our number one national security mm -hmm. threat. And you should look at it from a national security perspective with the economy. I don't care if Americans buy t-shirts and light bulbs from China any more than I care if China buys our agricultural products. But let's look at the national security items. When we had COVID and everybody wanted you to put on a mask, the masks were made in China. When they wanted you to take a COVID test, the COVID tests were made in China. When you have to get medications, your medications are from China. Look at where the national security threats are and let's tackle that first. But let's do it from an entire look at China. They're building up their military. They have the largest naval fleet in the world. They have more more air defense systems than we do. They are buying up thousands of acres of farmland, which we should put a stop at immediately. 350,000 acres, most recently near Grand Forks right. Air Force Base, mm -hmm. where our most sensitive um, drone technology is. Then you go and you look at the fact that they are continuing to kind of add and be total friends with Russia. Iran is their junior partner. Let's call them out on all the intellectual property that they're stealing. Let's build our military. Let's go to our colleges and universities and say, you either take Chinese money, you take American money, but you don't get both. Let's make that stop and let's put an end to it. And for God's sake, we can never, ever have Americans look to the sky and see a Chinese spy balloon looking back at us. That was a national embarrassment, but it showed the arrogance of China mm. and it showed their seriousness. Let's hold them accountable for COVID. Let's hold them accountable for the fentanyl that's coming across and let's let them know what we expect of them instead of being reactive. When we do that, that's when we'll start to see them take shape. Wow, wasn't that awesome? All right, folks, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. We're going to turn to another one of our interviews, this time with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. A lot of substance, particularly when it comes to China-proofing our economy. Listen to this. But I want to start on foreign policy, a place where you 
have uh, had a lot of track record. You served. You've talked a lot about the differences and how you would approach uh, national security compared to some of the other people on the stage with this Israel moment now. You were out there yesterday or two days ago getting Israelis back to the United States when the Biden administration failed to have a rescue plan. Meanwhile, our Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, he was talking about, well, maybe we should get an aid package to Palestinian. Are the values uh, misaligned in the Biden administration? It's just unbelievable. So when this when the attack happens, obviously a major event, Florida, we've got a lot of Floridians that go over to Israel. We've got very close ties, but between Florida and Israel. So I knew that this was something that was going to impact our state directly. And I was really, quite frankly, shocked at how little the embassy and the State Department was doing in the days after to help the people who were stranded or caught in harm's way. So last week we did an executive order where I scrambled our emergency response resources in Florida, and we arranged to launch flights from Israel so that we can bring Floridians and other Americans back to the state of Florida. So we ended up on Sunday night, we did 271 passengers. The interesting thing about that, 91 of those were children. Uh, you had some families, five or six children that were kind of caught in this. So so they were very, very thankful. We'll do many hundreds more in the ensuing days. But, you know, the thing about it is what the State Department finally said they would do. Well, they could take you to Cyprus or they could take you and dump you in Greece. But then they're going to send you a bill for that. And I'm just thinking to myself, OK, first of all, what are these people going to do in Greece? A lot of them have no no they, they don't know anything about Greece. They want to get home. But second of all, if you're an illegal alien, you come across that border, they will fly you around at no charge to the illegal alien. They will put that on the U.S. taxpayer. They'll put illegal aliens up in nice hotels at the cost of the U.S. taxpayer. And they don't charge the illegal alien yet leaving a war zone, our own citizens, they're sticking them with the bill. So it shows you just how this administration thinks. And then now for their main priority to be sink taxpayer money into the Gaza Strip, and they claim it's, quote, humanitarian assistance. But we know Hamas runs the show down there. You are aiding Hamas when you're sending tax dollars down there. So I've been very clear uh, over the last week First, no uh, Gaza refugees in the United States. And second, no taxpayer money to Gaza. They still have people that are being held hostage. Our own people, U.S. citizens are being held hostage. A lot of Israelis, of course, are being held hostage. Why would you want to pump money um, into the coffers of the Hamas organization, which any money that goes down there, any of those groups will all get commandeered by Hamas. So uh, the administration's really flailing around. I mean, they didn't even wake Biden up on the morning that this happened. He slept in, didn't take the 2 a.m. phone call like a president needs to do. He was missing in action through most of the next few days. And he came out uh, earlier in the week saying, we're going to stand with Israel. They have a right to fight this evil. But behind the scenes now, they're kneecapping Israel's ability uh, to fight back. They don't want to see Israel completely eradicate Hamas. And it's clear in their actions behind the scenes that that's what they're trying to avoid. But the only way this thing eventually ends uh, is the complete destruction of Hamas. If you just go in there and do some volleys and you wound Hamas, they're going to come back and they're going to do this again.
Sir, you have brought a lot of accountability to state government in Florida. You fire people that don't follow the law. You have reigned in spending. Uh, the federal bureaucracy is a monstrosity, as you remember when you were in Congress. What are some of your thoughts on reshaping it, resizing it, shrinking it down? Do you have some agencies in mind that you might uh, just put on the chopping block? Department of Education, uh, you know, that that would be one that I would love to be able to, to sign legislation to sunset that uh, energy, commerce. I mean, look, I, I, I think we can go as, as far as the Congress wants to go on some of that. Uh, clearly, agencies like education have not worked uh, since they were created in the late 1970s. And we understand education should be a state and local issue. Uh, one of the things I'm going to do is Every cabinet secretary is going to be ordered to reduce their footprint of bureaucrats in D.C. area by 50 percent. Some of that will be reducing the total number of employees writ large in the agency through attrition. Some of it may be laying off. Some of it may be transferring to other parts of the country. But we've had this massive accumulation of power in D.C., and it's been really, really toxic. So we want to take power out of D.C., shift it around the country. The other thing is we're going to take 50,000 employees who are involved in policy, recategorize them as Schedule F. They will be able to be terminated at will uh, without regard to civil service. And so that will give the president the ability uh, to really ensure that the bureaucracy isn't kneecapping our, our agenda. I do think the president has Article II power uh, to more forcefully discipline and fire federal employees. It's one thing to have those protections if like you have a supervisor in the Department uh, of Agriculture that you have certain protections. But the president is the one that gets the electoral votes. President's the one that has executive power. Uh, if you're not doing the job, you know, you should be held accountable. So we're going to be asserting Article II power in ways that I think this current Supreme Court would would find agreeable. Uh, and that would reshift the balance away from the permanent bureaucracy back to the elected president. At the end of the day, the founding fathers created three branches of government, legislative, executive, judicial. They did not create a fourth branch of government. They did not create an administrative state that basically governs us without our consent and regardless of the outcome of elections, they impose their will on us. That needs to end and we need to reconstitutionalize this government uh, I'll be somebody that will be leaning in on this for day one. But I also understand these guys are not going to give up power willingly. They've accumulated a lot of power over many, many decades to go in there and tame this beast. You got to be focused. You got to be disciplined. You got to have a cadre of people surrounding you that can serve in government by the hundreds, if not by the thousands. And you got to know that this is going to be a daily battle day after day for not just four years, but really for, for full uh, two-term, eight-year presidency. Uh, and I think anything short of that, uh, we're not going to get the job done. So I understand constitutional authority. I'm willing to use the levers of power. I showed that in Florida uh, by making really strong decisions in ways that previous governors had not been willing to do. And we'll do the same thing as president. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, 
now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I got to meet Vivek Ramaswamy and interview him for the first time. You're going to get a sense of how fast he is on his feet. Just listen to this interview. A lot of people are excited about where we're headed. And I think one of the first things that we're going through, where we're learning all the failures that occurred during COVID-19, during the pandemic. I think a lot of people want to know, how will you rewire the public health system? How will you restore confidence in the government institutions that let us down during the pandemic? I think one of the first basic principles, the next time we face something like this, and I hope we never do again, but we have to be prepared to learn the lessons, is no restrictions on speech. That's the first thing. If we had been allowed to debate the merits of those lockdowns, we would not have locked down those schools and those cities. If we had been allowed to debate the merits of those vaccine mandates, I think we can now say with confidence that those vaccines would not have been mandated and we would have surfaced many of the side effects and risks earlier. So the path to truth runs through free speech, especially in times of so-called emergency. That's the first lesson. And the second lesson is that individual choice always governs. Give people the information. Let them make the decisions for themselves, from masks to vaccines to whether or not they shop or send their kids to schools. That decision should belong to the people. It should never be made a centralized decision in government. And I think one of the important things we have to also learn is there were actors in our own government that broke the law, that likely broke the law. When you think about funding, for the origin of the pandemic through research in a lab in Wuhan, all the way to other special interests whose really, I think, tentacles were in this process. We have to have accountability or else we can expect even worse in the future. That's how I'm going to lead as commander in chief. Excellent, Vivek. Thanks again for being here. Uh, Speaking of accountability, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Social Security. You have said, quote, Social Security reform Medicare reform, that's got to be somebody else's job down the line. What is your response to voters who are concerned by the reality that Social Security will run out of money and Medicare in 10 years, that is, and Medicare even sooner? Well, to be very clear, what I have said is no Social Security cuts or Medicare cuts for seniors. Full stop, and we're going to hold our word on that. But I have a much clearer path for how we actually address our $33 trillion national debt problem. It's going to take a CEO in the White House to do it. I've built multi-billion dollar companies as a CEO. I'm a young person from the next generation that's going to be affected by this crisis. And I'm serious about addressing it with zero based budgeting. That's how many companies are well run. I've taken similar approaches in the companies that I've built. Start with zero as the baseline and then ask what's actually necessary instead of just using last year's budget as the default. That's the problem in Washington, D.C. It's the problem in states across this union, too. Yes, Democrat states get it wrong, but there isn't even a single red state that does it this way. That's how I'm going to do it in Washington, D.C. Start with zero as the baseline. And what we'll learn is we'll have a 75 percent headcount reduction in the bureaucrats in this town in Washington, D.C. We will shut down redundant government agencies that should not exist. Combine that with my energy policies. 
drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear energy, use the wealth underneath the ground in our own country. That's how we address the national debt problem without having silly debates about cutting Social Security or Medicare for seniors. That will not happen on my watch, but we will have a sensible approach to actually taking on the national deficit. That's going to take a CEO and an outsider. And I think someone from the next generation to actually get that job done. And I think that's what's different about me versus any other candidate in this race. Vivek, uh, there are a lot of people concerned about the border. It used to be Texas and Arizona always bore the brunt of it, but now every state is a border state. Every community is a border state. Even Democrats yes, are crying uncle on their own policies. What are the first reactions you would take as president to tighten up border security? Well, immediately I will send our troops to the border. Instead of using our own troops to protect against an invasion of somebody else's border, let's use our own military to defend against our own southern border and, if necessary, our northern border, too. But the best and easiest border policy, you know what it is? Stop creating the incentives for illegal migrants to actually come here in the first place. This is something that many Democrat governors and presidents are guilty of, but some Republicans, too. I want to end any funding for sanctuary cities, end foreign aid to Central America and Mexico until they've dealt with their side of this border crisis. And I mean, even certain Republican governors, this is shameful have created in-state tuition rates for illegal immigrants to this country, even as Americans from neighboring states would have to pay three times that tuition to go to college. That doesn't make any sense. Put an end to this culture of lawlessness where we reward people who break the law. And then the biggest one where I've gone further than any Republican in this race with detail is ending birthright citizenship for the kids of illegal immigrants. That was something the 14th Amendment never intended. I've offered a clear legal basis for why. Just as the kid of a diplomat from Mexico does not enjoy birthright citizenship, and there isn't a legal scholar in this country who disagrees with me on that, neither should somebody who crossed the border illegally from Mexico enjoy it for their kids either. And that's going to be a clear set of policies that will solve this crisis by March of 2025, as long as I'm the person who actually takes office in January of 2025. I just want to follow up to that. Now, you've called for universally deporting illegal immigrants, uh, have opposed any path to legal residency. But what would you say to the mothers and fathers, perhaps, who have been here for years, even decades, and yes. built a life for their children? Uh, right. And, and so tell us your answer to that, sir. Sure. And I acknowledge that's a difficult question. I don't blame most of those families. I blame our own federal government who has given them a wink and a nod to come to this country. So let's be very honest. And I say this as the father of two sons myself. If we're being honest, if many of us were in their shoes in Guatemala or Nicaragua or Venezuela, looking for a better life for our kids and see a U.S. president who says, hey, it's OK, come on. And we basically have an open border. Maybe we would have done the same thing. That's the human side we have to preserve as our in our compassion here. But we're a nation founded on the rule of law. So with compassion, with dignity, without breaking up family units, we'll take the entire family unit. Yes, we have to stand for the rule of law. We have to return them to their country of origin. Again, speaking as a father, I'd have a hard time looking my two sons in the eye and say, you have to follow the law if the government doesn't follow its own laws. And I'm the president of the United States leading that government. But for the subset of people who have shown themselves to be law-abiding citizens, make contributions to this country, they should be able to still get in line for the legal path back into this country 
which we will, I think, fix in many ways. Not to say that that's just going to open the floodgates, far from it, but we'll take a rational approach. The purpose of our immigration policy should be, first and foremost, to protect the interests of Americans here in the homeland. That's the purpose of our immigration policy. And so the amnesty system has been badly abused. We're granting amnesty to people who are never really undergoing political persecution. And that's going to change on my watch. I will do it with compassion. I will do it with respect and dignity for every human being involved. But we have to stand for the rule of law without compromise. It's hard to believe, but that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. I'm really grateful that each of you could join today. Now, one reminder, a lot of people say, hey, John, do you have an app at the Just the News? And the answer is we sure do. Not only do we have an app, it's in the Apple Store. It's also in the Android Store. It allows you to take the Just the News experience and go in three different ways. You can watch our videos and television shows. You can listen to this podcast and many others like it, like Victor Davis Hanson, or you can read the stories that we do a day, 50, 60, 70 stories a day of the breaking news, investigative reporting, accountability reporting. Go to the iOS app store or the Android store today. Download the Just the News app. Read, watch, listen. Three great ways to experience the Just the News content and to join the Just the News family. And if you really want to get involved with the family and say, hey, I want to support your investigative reporting, John Solomon. I want to support the great reporters and the producers and the bookers and everybody that works to make the Just the News experience possible. You can do something really inexpensive that makes a big difference. All you got to do is join the Just the News VIP club. That's right. What do you get for the VIP club? First off, ad-free experience on the website and on your newsletters. No ads, no dancing videos, no autoplay videos. An ad-free experience on Just the News 24-7, plus once a month you get to hang out with me at justthenews.com. We have a town hall. I sit and answer your questions for an hour. We talk about issues you care about. We cover topics that the other media aren't covering. It's an incredible experience to join the family the immediate family of the Just the News team. Great opportunity. Sometimes we bring in our reporters. It's always a delightful time. If you want to get involved in that, go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. Justthenews.com slash subscribe. Quick way to get into the club. It's $4.99 a month, $44.99 a year. Great way to support our journalism, make a difference, and get an enormous benefit yourself. So go check it out today. All right, folks, that wraps up John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great night. God bless this great country of the United States. Be sure to go to justthenews.com if you need that news fix. We got you covered 24-7. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. 
At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.